Welcome to the Chillville Podcast, your weekly dose of all things money and financial in nature. I'm Leona. And I'm Sujit. And it's our pleasure to welcome you to yet another episode of Learning and Discovery. Welcome to another episode of the Chillville Podcast. Today's episode is kind of uh, heavy as well as something that has been going around on my in my head for a long time. And that's the topic of insurance. Okay. Insurance. Why is insurance heavy, Liana? Why is it making your head heavy and why has it been uh, unsettling you for because a long time? Because it's just like a long-term commitment, right? It's not like I'm just paying it one year and one time and it's gone. It's like I'm going to commit to this thing for a certain amount of period in my life. Okay. Now that's... For uh, an unforeseen that, circumstance. Correct. I think uh, your main concern should be the fear of the unforeseen circumstance. Which actually, if you think about it, is not very unforeseen. All of us are going to die at some point in the foreseeable future. That is an inevitable truth. Uh, Insurance, to a large extent, seeks to uh, indemnify that loss which happens from the occurrence of the inevitable truth. That is, if you are talking in specific about life insurance, uh, and you know that life and medical are two different types of insurance. Uh, Through this episode, we will try to cover the salient features and the differences between both medical and life insurance. Medical very briefly. Yeah, because medical is most most probably covered by our employer. Yeah, but even then there are caveats in the medical insurance also, which if at some point of time you want to do your own side hustle and start out on your own, if you're applying for your own medical insurance, what you need to be aware if you're on your company medical plan, still how do you read and interpret an insurance plan to ensure that what is covered, what is not covered, what is a copay, what is an excess, what is uh, sublimate, uh, how do you go about emergency care, repatriation, etc., different things. Because what happens is, like we discussed earlier, most of the time you just uh, sign up for insurance because it's a free thing given to you by the employer as part of your employment package. You never really bother to read the terms and conditions until you need to read it because of a circumstance by the time which it's too late. Because the by and large, the majority of us go only to our neighborhood clinic for a cold or a cough, which has the standard uh, diagnosis of an antibiotic or whatever it is or the flu tablets or whatever. Now may not be so because of the COVID pandemic and all that. Now hardly anybody goes to doctors unless they are really serious because they are also afraid they are staying at home and that is in a way reducing a lot of people's sickness. If you wear your mask, wash your hands and be at home, nothing will happen to you. But uh, beyond that, if you have surgical requirements, procedural requirements, you need to know your medical insurance plan also well. So uh, which of these two elements are bearing heavy on your head? Until now, I didn't really pay attention to medical, so... Okay, so what do you want <laughs> to talk like about my, first? My employer is paying for it. I could just go and claim when I have yeah. to. No, let me tell you a story, Leona. I think it's better to start with medical and then branch out towards life. Uh, we can cover both of it in the same episode. We don't need to actually split it to a deep extent because the terms and conditions, more or less, are the same in any kind of insurance. Okay. And uh, we do not intend this this uh, episode to be a tutorial on insurance because the domain itself is an ocean. But mainly, uh, if you look at a cover, what you need to understand is 
the purpose of a, a, any insurance policy is based on the Latin principle of uberima uh, fide, which is utmost good faith, and the principle of indemnity, which means to make good the loss or the loss-bearing person to the position he or she was before the loss was incurred. What was the Latin word again? Uberima fide. Uberima fide. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah, which means, uh, it's not my neighbor's name, it means in utmost good faith. Okay. Which means when you are entering into a policy, you need to make all disclosures of material facts as true as they are known to you at that point in time. So if we don't know about some kind of sickness that we have yet, that that, that can't be held against us in the future? Um, I can't say yes with authority or no with authority. I can just say depends because... Uh, what you are talking about is something called pre-existing medical conditions. Pre-existing uh, PECC is what it's called in the domain of insurance. What they usually say is that where you are not in the know of a condition and a condition suddenly manifests where there is no linkage of it with any prior medical history, that's okay because it's like something sudden. But so things like probably a heart attack or something like that will not come without having cholesterol or hypertension or something because there is a proximate cause which always leads to the eventuality. So, if you never did a health checkup for many, many years and you are saying, I feel fine, so I may not have cardiovascular susceptibility towards injury, damage or death. That is not not knowing. That is not checking and not knowing. That is ignorance. But if it is something which suddenly crops up like cancer or something, you never had it before, nobody in your family had it before, you're taking bath in the shower one day and then you feel a lump somewhere on your body. This is sudden, right? That is uh, not pre-existing. So that you cannot declare also because until it happens, it does. you won't know about it. Yeah. Or something like, a, like COVID or something like that. Until you have it, you won't know you have it. You have to feel some symptoms. So that is okay. But if you know something at the time, like I have had a surgery. But even in terms of cancer, is it fully covered on the insurance? Certain plans, they fully cover it. Certain plans, they have something called sublimits. They cover it up to a particular number of sittings of chemo or up to a particular amount, which is uh, a portion of what is the total annual cover and all that. Okay. And some of them, they don't cover it at all. The basic plans, they don't cover it at all. Then now uh, the government has brought out a new rule saying that some of the most essential illnesses must definitely be covered irrespective of whatever kind of premium the person is paying because that is a basic requirement for human dignity and good service and healthcare. So yeah, there are, now I think there is a fund also which is instituted by the government for taking care of these kind of cases. So they are doing their bit. But yeah, it will not come as good as an elite insurance policy but... You need to, that's what, you need to know what you're paying for. So you, in terms of someone who has a family history of certain illnesses, mm. it's better to have a secondary medical insurance which probably covers everything. If your primary company insurance doesn't cover. Yeah, but that's, that, that, that's why See, because, it's probably important. Because to kind I, of I'll tell you what, yeah. uh, Leona, the conflict and the dichotomy precisely stems from the point that uh, companies look at medical insurance as an expense. 90% of the companies look at medical insurance as an expense. Uh, employees universally view it as a facility or a privilege. Very few evolved companies look at it as a benefit and a service courtesy that you are affording to the employee. That is also because 
of chronic misuse of uh, the medical insurance privilege by certain employees. Now I can understand if you get a cold or a cough, you probably don't even need to go to a doctor. You can do gargling of salt water and do some basic uh, yeah, painkillers. Most of the time, my insurance card is just in my wallet for yeah, the sake of it. It will go away in seven days. But if you want to go to a super specialty seven-star hospital just because of a cold and cough, that will blow the balance. It will make a difference whether the other guy on your plan, who is the other co-employee, is able to afford his cancer treatment or not. So you need to be responsible with your card. Just because you get it free doesn't mean you do whatever amusement you want with it. And then as a result, next year the employer... Because will the overall premium might increase based on the number yeah, of claims. Exactly. Then the employer will be like, we are giving them facility, they are misusing it. Next year onwards, no fantastic plans. And now is a typically dangerous time to misuse your insurance card. Because companies are looking for cost cutting somehow or the other they can. And this is one of the easiest ways they can cost cut. Either they reduce the employees or they reduce uh, the coverage they, for the yeah, employees. Yeah, they go to che cheaper plans which probably doesn't cover most of the stuff. Yeah, and now ironically is the time when you need to give most coverage because people are emotionally depressed, mentally depressed and illnesses are... But that is not covered anyway in the insurance. The mental illness may not be covered, the depression may not be covered, but the diseases caused by that are covered definitely. Okay. So you need to ensure that you look at your medical insurance plan. But again, so so by the fact that I said my employer covers my medical insurance yeah. is not by the fact that, you know, I'm going to take advantage of the card and go whenever. At least I don't have to bear the cost of the premium. Correct. I need to ask you something. Even though you're getting something for free, if I feed you poison for free, you're not going to drink it, right? You will check the label before you drink it. So my question to you, you as well as all the people working in good companies with good insurance plans provided to them is, Apart from the card that you hold, when was the last time you read the email forwarded to you by the HR containing the terms and uh, conditions and the table of benefits? I've done my homework because we get like a little book and then I checked what is a copy and stuff like that. But Okay, good. How, can you affirm with uh, great confidence that 100% of your uh, organization has probably read that booklet? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. And they probably will read that booklet only when something bad happens. And probably at that time, it probably might be too late. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So bare minimum, at least you need to know, is what are the terms and conditions for pre-existing conditions? Number one, what is the geographical limit of where your card is accepted so or not? So if you're traveling internationally there, it might not be covered. It, it may be covered, but on reimbursable basis. Means you have to okay. fork out your money first and then bring the bills home and they will reimburse it. Okay, and that will also be up to a certain limit. Yeah, up to, yeah. up to yeah. a certain limit, whether, depending on whether it's an emergency or elective treatment. Certain things may not be covered at all. Like there are certain plans which cover alternative medicine like Ayurveda and all. Certain plans don't cover it at all. Yeah, even, even in the case of... Uh, your spectacles and power yeah, and some, any, any some even a lot of companies don't cover the whole dermatology side of it. Yeah, the ointments and cosmetics and all that. Uh, why glasses? I have a physical condition called cerebral palsy. For many years, I have been trying to get crutches. Now I don't need them anymore. But in the time when I needed crutches and splints, none of this was covered in insurance because it's called as non-essential prosthesis. Technically, I, I... Of course, it's essential. No, it's it's not essential for mitigating the condition. It's an aid to the condition. 
there's a difference in in insurance anything which is a mitigant to the condition is allowed but anything which is so if if i have a crutch it will not reduce my cerebral palsy it will only help me to increase my mobility which is a totally different thing okay so that's why when there's an injury or a fracture of any kind they cover for crutches because it reduces the injury correct it doesn't reduce the injury yeah, but, but it it reduces the, the hazard of the hmm. potential of future risk and injury okay okay so they it. are looking only from the point of another claim coming because of not giving him a crutch you got the point now for cerebral palsy i will remain like this till i die till the last day of my life whether i have a crutch or not probably if i don't use a crutch i might fall a bit more but that doesn't make me have more cerebral palsy than what i had before as opposed to somebody who's recently gone through a surgery and they are in plaster cast and they need a crutch because if they don't do that then this might worsen pop will be complicated and then they'll go for another claim so that's how it works it's a bit weird but unfortunately that's the way it is so you see how uh, typical things can balloon into something everything is nice when everything's going fine but as a responsible millennial one of the greatest gifts i think most of us in the young age have is we are all educated we are, we can all read english we can all read arabic to an extent if that's our ma- mother tongue or nowadays dha is even translating it into your mother tongue also like to a great extent you can go and ask can i get a translation of this in my language they will give you so not reading and not knowing is your excuse like just think of it when you buy a car you will check everything about the car right before you buy or you go to zara or h&m you buy a dress you will see all angles everything then only you will buy the dress whatever discount is available and how it looks on me you will check in uh, pinterest and instagram and then only you will buy something but why why do we have this kind of uh, lax approach when it comes to something as serious as insurance Yeah. which is a very vital thing when when it's the hardest point in your life yeah like yep. uh, i'm not i'm not making it sound like a doomsday podcast but yeah, like this this podcast has taken a sharp turn <laughs> yeah but i'm i'm not making it sound like that but this is probably the umbrella which will help you when it's a rainstorm or a snowstorm or whatever and we are like okay anyway my employer is paying for it is free so what do i care So I'm just saying whether it's life insurance or medical insurance do your due diligence caveat emptor let the buyer beware uh, lack of knowledge or ignorance of the caveat or the ignorance of the covenant is not an excuse of any sort So that's when with regards to the medical insurance paradigm so to recap I can tell you medical insurance wise you have the sum assured you have the pre existing conditions you have what are the inclusions and exclusions you have the geographical limit you have the sub limits uh, as well as elective versus emergency and then the copay and the copay or the excess whatever it might be and of course you also need to look at the reputation of the insurer and the record of their claim settlement like are they reputed to settle more than 95 96% of the claims which are lodged against them my tambru list don't go for anybody less than 95% because then they have a very shady record luckily uae most of the guys are very good they have always if your paperwork is perfect they always uh, reimburse you on time so yeah that's with regards to medical insurance so i think now half of your head is light and compared to uh, before uh, now you can go to the main part which was making your head uh, very heavy 
uh, which is uh, life, life insurance. insurance. <laughs> okay. Uh, probably uh, the reason why people are uh, very afraid or you know their head gets heavy heart gets heavy whole body stops working when they think about life insurance because life insurance has a cousin brother called death like many people because of the bad advertising or the spurious advertising what what certain companies in the past had done uh, and it's in your face like nobody likes to talk about death right like uh, life insurance corporation of india had a very interesting tagline like jeevan ke saath bhi jeevan ke baad bhi which means uh, together with you in life and death like till death do us part like getting married kind of thing yeah after that then you'll have to take rounds of their office but <laughs> yeah but the the point is uh, anyway you will have to take rounds there are some papers to fill and all that but this round procedure can be significantly alleviated first of all if you need if you know what insurance you need how much insurance you need what product you need or do you need insurance at all can you make your own arrangement and how to go about staggering it so if you can ask me whatever questions you have however uh, weird they may be from a millennials perspective i'm very happy to answer them right now so you can shoot away and i am ready to fill you in with whatever i know This is also in regards to one of our listeners who had sent some questions so I'm okay. going to uh frame all my questions according to that particular email. So okay. if any if there are any more questions pertaining to this we'd be more than happy to answer it for you and you could just email us on our uh email that is askchilbil@gmail.com. Um I'll start out with this uh first question of whether to go for life or term insurance. and uh, what is the difference because uh, life is probably until the end of your life but term is going to be for a specific term but how do you know whether you live until then or you live beyond that and uh, yeah That's so when you will live until that even uh, i don't know like it's something which only god can tell once your time comes you will be taken away no doubt about it uh, but whether you need whole of life or term life uh typically depends on a core consideration of what you are looking forward to the main drawback or the main restriction between term insurance and whole of life insurance is understandable in the terminology of their name and nomenclature itself whole of life means what until you are alive how much ever old you are it will cover you term insurance means for a specified term until it is defined or until the uh, end of the policy period most term insurance policies expire at the age of 70 70 after that term insurance cannot cover you and how how different are both of them in terms of premiums is life term very is, apart term is very uh, cheap compared to uh, like, whole of life like around 2 to 3 times um uh, for example i can give you an example i am a guy with uh, i am 35 years old i have a physical condition so i will attract a little bit more of loading because i have a disability uh, but if i were to take a term insurance plan for around say half a million us i would pay somewhere between 400 to 600 dirhams a, a month, month. Uh, for say 15 years or you know for term is for like how how much ever i want like for 50 years 60 years i can keep paying 400 500 rupees uh 
So it is until that age limit you have to keep paying or is it for a certain number of years you have to keep no, paying? No, no, you have to pay. Term insurance is for a period. You can decide either until se- uh, 70 you can keep paying or you pay it for a number of years and till that time only the cover will last. Okay. So now I am 35. So it, it depends on your ability to pay that kind of uh, premium yeah. sum. Yeah, like see it's simple. I am 35. If I want cover till 100, okay, that means 45, 55, 65, 75, 85, 95 and 65 more years are there to 100 huh. i can pay 65 years at the rate of 400 dirhams per month okay but that's a fixed expense okay now the thing is no chance of it reducing over the years no chance it will not reduce or increase over the years it will remain static but that's only a fixed amount the the thing is with whole of life Um, no, and yeah. By the way, I don't have to pay sixty-five years. But how do they beat inflation then? What if you're? That's what I'm saying. I'm coming to that. Uh, if you are going in for a term insurance, like thirty-five, I have only twenty-five years more to hit sixty, oh. and I have thirty years more. Uh, wait, thirty, thirty-five years more to hit seventy. Uh, oh. So I have to pay only thirty-five years into four hundred dirhams per month for my term insurance, and after seventy, I will not have any cover. I'm not eligible for anything. Simple. Very simple process. Very simple product. I don't even have to pay for seventy years. If I decide, okay, fine, uh, I'm thirty-five. I need cover only until fifty years of age because by fifty I would have made enough money. I don't need insurance to cover me. Then I can go for a fifteen-year plan. So idea is to have enough of savings by that age so that even at that time, if your insurance doesn't cover, you have that enough of funds in your bank that will cover you for any unforeseen expense. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now certain other people, what they think is that okay. suppose i am not rich enough by 50 or 60 and i need to continue to insure myself for a longer period of time then the only option available is something called a whole of life these are prohibitively more expensive than term insurance policies whole of life the same illustration 35 years old with a physical condition for the next uh, like uh, but whole of life works on a different premise you pay premium for x amount of years they will capture that amount and keep it with them and reinvest it in some stock market or bonds or something like that then though the premiums and the returns got from that will pay for your premiums in the future but you still have to pay for premiums no yeah but you have to pay only for a definite period okay okay but I, and this is not about uh, insurance investments where you're encashing it it just yeah just keeping it if you encash yeah. the cover is gone So, assuming I take a whole of life policy at thirty-five years for fifteen years, which means I have to keep paying till the age of fifty, oh. but it will cover me till my death. Okay. Okay. That will cost me somewhere around two thousand four hundred dirhams a month. You see the difference? It's almost yeah, yeah, six it's times. Yeah, it's already short up. Yeah. It's almost six times, but the difference is in a whole of life I will have something called cash value. At any point in time, if I wish to surrender the policy, these funds. will probably be invested in interest yielding bonds or yield giving equities and i will be able to claim the value what those things have accrued minus the cover amount uh, called the cash value at that period in time but in the term insurance this cannot happen no no this cannot happen but cash value is stupid because if you claim cash value it's usually much, much lesser than The, the amount you've paid for over the years? Uh, not not lesser than the amount you've paid over the years. It will be definitely lesser than the cover. So then I'm back to the same question: term or life? Then. Uh, very simple. 
never confuse insurance with investments yeah always go for a term okay always always go for a term but you know where the conflict happens term means i won't get any money back yeah yeah why i should take like boss insurance is not a investment or a lottery thing you pay for protection that's it it's a hedge against risk the term will finish your life will finish you will get some money that's about it you are not going to get money back and all that if anybody claims they give you money back spectacular market beating inflation beating returns through an insurance product they are probably mixing it with some other risky investments which are not the primary aim of the product so don't fall for this now insurance uh, authority and everyone has transparent rules you have to explain the product to whoever you are selling so no misselling can happen a lot of people get ensnared into the trap of this money back and all these kind of annuities and pension and all those things and they end up uh, going into unsavory whole of life policies and all which are absolutely not required okay and then and what about their conflict of, so, so i'm i'm young okay mm. so how how do i know if i need insurance now or should probably i should take it a few years down the line because see you need insurance whenever you are if you are alive what is the uh, what is the guarantee you will not die tomorrow no but the cl- conflict is you know what now if i'm probably taking it much earlier it's my better. insurance cover will be uh, sorry the premiums might be a bit lower than whatever yes. would have yes of be. course not only but that my earning capacity is also probably lower than what i might earn in the future true true but one thing is see that's what i said you should not make age as the barometer of uh, taking insurance okay you should understand first prima facie why are you taking insurance in the first place insurance is mainly to account for your lifestyle which is afforded to your dependents in the event of your absence and again by dependents it means there should be some blood relation i'm putting the name on nominee yeah yeah it cannot be any any person it can't be any person no obviously okay, there, so it should there be is a principle called insur- insurable interest father mother brother sister wife husband wife husband not neighbor's wife or neighbor's <laughs> husband yeah i didn't go there but <laughs> yeah but <laughs> they need to be <laughs> some connection needs to be there uh, between you and them uh, that is number 1 number but for t- a single person with uh, whose parents unfortunately have passed away yeah that's fine things happen my my parents have my my father has passed away when i was 15 I, my mother still so then they don't need life insurance <laughs> no it's not only see it's not only if you die suppose you are disabled or you are bedridden or something then so they'll cover for you also ter- with health insurance term ins- my dear health insurance is only for sickness and illness term insurance of life also covers other conditions like permanent partial disability permanent total disability etc so if you met with a road accident you probably lost medical insurance will only cover the operation expenses and the surgical and the hospitalization yeah but after that if you've gone from a condition of being you know mobile and yeah, able yeah. to a bedridden position if you have a term insurance policy which has a permanent partial or a total disablement benefit you will receive a sum of money every month for the remaining span of years that you are alive okay this i didn't know yeah so that's what so many people have the misconception that term insurance or life insurance only after you die you, you will get something yeah it's not like that you have lot of different things there is a permanent partial disablement permanent total disablement uh there is aeroplane injury if you die in an aircraft or something like that and 
if uh, you have been injured as a result of uh, medical issues or whatever all these things are there there are riders which you can buy so it's not that i die then only money will come in fact you need life insurance definitely what what about in terms of a natural calamity where probably your whole see natural calamities are not covered in any any types of any insurance types of they are insurance. called aog acts of god okay so that's not covered but if you die on an aeroplane there is something called the warsaw convention you get amount of money okay that is because of iata and icao they have made rules that if it's a hijack or if it's a plane crash or something happens to you sometimes nothing will happen to the other passengers only you will get a heart attack on the flight still you will get some amount of money extra so all those things that those all are legal areas okay. where we can examine in future episodes what will happen if you die in different places but i don't think to, uh, we need to go into that morbid definition of what might be the claims possible and speaking of claims like how do i ensure that uh, how, how much is the adequate amount i need to probably insure for yeah this is an interesting very good question that you asked uh tambrul is uh, what i would suggest is first uh take a, a basic excel sheet or a calculator okay then what you need to do is figure out how much you earn in a month from that amount you understand what are your expenses which are due to the to maintain the minimum standard of life that you are affording right now including your utility bills your rent your purchases and everything if you were not to go to work tomorrow what are the minimum monthly amount of money that you will need to support your fa- family and parents sending money back home etc etc what is that sum okay multiply that by 12 and then multiply that figure which is multiplied by 12 by the remaining amounts of years of service left in employment you will get a figure correct then you make that figure probably you can stick at that figure or you can add like 20 to 25% more on that figure that should be more than sufficient why i am telling you add 25% more to that 12 into number of years is you need to account for inflation okay is it clear yeah i got it now can you help our listeners with the formula once again just to jog your memory as a millennial okay i will help you in that case no problem so what uh, you can you can recall after me number one is estimate what are your monthly expenses after your salary or with your salary what are your monthly emoluments due to external parties point number one multiply that by 12 months which is one year multiply that then you get a annual uh, outlay figure whatever is due to your commitments multiply that by the number of years of service assumably that you have left given that you are at age x and you will retire at 60 or 50 or whatever how many years gap is left multiply by that you will arrive at a six figure which is a lump sum amount add 15 to 20 25% to that because inflation will catch up there may be periods when you are out of a job there may be periods when you will earn in different currency which may be weaker than ua dirham or us dollar or whatever it is accordingly you have to account for it. and is this the same amount uh, which is the amount who you would require at your retirement no 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 this is completely this different. is completely different because a retirement corpus is something totally different that is something from which you need to withdraw every month after you retire to live your life 
this is the amount which you will get on a monthly basis suppose calamity strikes and you are incapable of living your life now it depends if you want to make your retirement bedridden then this will double up as that no problem but nobody wants to make their retirement useless right you cannot mix your retirement corpus and your insurance uh, corpus okay and then i currently live and we all live in dubai right but mm-hmm. the thing is living here it's not a permanent place of residence and at some point in time we might have to go to whatever country we plan to move on to next mm-hmm. so in that case when i'm looking for insurance should i go local should i go international and uh, how how different is it do local insurances also cover for the future period see if you ask me uh, personally it's always better to go for an international insurance company which has branches anywhere worldwide it's uh, i'm not saying local insurers are bad but the ability of local insurers to uh, service you internationally is very difficult unless they have very good strong presence inside your home country also and you never know you may not be going to one home country you might like for example if like uh, i am from india and now i am working in uae like i want to take a break i lost my job or i resign my job go back to india i spend couple of years working there then i get an immigration offer to go to canada or new zealand or us so what happened i was in uae i went to india then i went to canada then i went to us finally i settled down in singapore i have crossed four or five countries in the span of 5 or 10 years what will happen i have to take if i take local example i have to take 1111 policy from each of the countries for it to be locally relevant or maybe one or two countries can be covered because these companies might have nodal offices there so there also but to be very safe i need to take an internationally compliant insurance policy for that is covered basically wherever you go and those companies should have offices across the world and usually they'll have a global hotline telephone number also in case of emergency and all that makes sense and most of these plans have their premiums uh, demarcated in us dollars any company suggestions because that was specifically asked as a rule uh, we don't endorse any companies on the podcast so please write in to us personally uh, with this query once again i will reply to you personally through the chillbill podcast uh, email address because we don't want to uh, we we do have some of our listeners uh, who we are corresponding with and we have recommended certain insurance names but since this is not a paid podcast and we don't intend to do any brand endorsements and we don't want to mislead also because sometimes we will tell a company's name may not be that the person who is listening his experience will be as good as ours so we don't want to take that risk but we are happy to help you if you want to write to us and we can give you suggestions on email we don't want to commit on public domain and the final question on the email was do you go through an agent or do you directly approach the investor uh see uh, if you go through an agent what happens is uh, if you go through an agent what happens is uh, one side is that if the agent is a good guy he will be able to advise you properly for a newbie or for a person who is totally unaware it's always advisable to go through an agent provided the agent is doing his responsibility of being a financial advisor it's called an ifa he is an insurance planner and a financial advisor they are the guys who help you structure your stuff 
But as you all know, agents don't do anything for free. Some of them are fee-only agents and they openly tell you, this is my fee for helping you out. I like these people because they are transparent and they tell us. Some of them are not so transparent. They're very cheeky and they sell you products you don't need to get their commissions. So that kind of uh, dishonesty also goes on in the industry. So, uh, and plus now there's a new advent of online aggregators also where you can compare insurance plans. You can go directly to the underwriters or the insurance company's websites and take something called iPlans. They are like e-insurance policies. You can take term insurance in India and all, up to one crore, two crore coverage and all, you can take online policy itself. So you'll be like, wow, then why I need an agent? See, these are simple open and shut policies. You will never get the kind of options and riders and exclusions and inclusions what you need customization you will not get on an online portal. Okay, so the benefit of going through an agent is you can probably one, customize it and two, ask it, ask all your queries directed to someone than an online portal which has like an FAQ to probably refer See, to. See, even if you correspond with the local office of the insurance company itself, you are too small an entity for them to even bother with you. Yeah. It's like saying, you have a buffet and you have an a la carte. What do you want to do? The buffet might not have the number of choices which I personally want to have. Exactly. But in Alakad, I can actually choose the exact dish I want to order. Yeah, and in this particular example, by reverse logic, more scope or more coverage of the policy need not be more beneficial. Yeah. It will only be more expensive, but you don't need. You don't need it. So, always tailor making a plan is the sensible thing to do. So with that, we come to the end. I hope I have made your head uh, significantly more lighter. This is an oceanic topic. Uh, we can go like 10 episodes on different insurance uh, permutation combinations. But uh, for the millennial brain, I think it's enough food for thought. Uh, with that, uh, we come to the end of this podcast. And uh, unless Leona has more uh, heaviness in her head or heart or anywhere, which we can cover in the further episodes. This is uh, Sujit Sukumaran signing off. And this is Leona signing off. Until we see you again, stay safe and God bless.